You're listening to the Fervent Church Podcast, a church in the Austin area who exists so that people may know Jesus. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged, challenged, and strengthened in your relationship with Jesus today. For more teachings, information, or to support our ministry, please visit fervent.church. We pray you're blessed by the message. All right, this may or may not work. We got a little show that goes along with this, but hey, there we go. We're going to say spiritual warfare is real, and I know sometimes it's silly to say that about like electronic stuff, but man, Satan is a real uh, being out there. He hates everything that's happening here tonight, that we're actually going to launch a new church so that people may know Jesus. And so I just, I expect... I expect Satan to come up, and I think it was said of, maybe it was Charles Spurgeon once, and he was sitting in his rocking chair, or he was laying down, sleeping, and he said he heard his rocking chair rocking, and he got up, and he kind of looked over, and he said, oh, it's just you, Satan, and then he rolled back over and went to sleep, because we know who Jesus is, and we know he's our Lord, our defender, our protector, amen? So, um, again, just welcome to the Fervent Church um, Vision Night 1.0. You guys are part of history in the making. Hopefully this goes well. We'll see what happens tonight. But really, there's three things, or maybe four things, that I want to tell you. So I'll give you the bullet points now. We're going to give you our story, how we got to this point of wanting to plant a church. We're going to introduce our team that we have so far. They're going to share a little bit of their story. We're going to tell you about our vision of who we are as the Fervent Church, what we believe that God's calling us to do, how we believe we will achieve that. Obviously, man makes his plans, but the Lord directs our steps. But So we're going to give you those, and then we're also going to end this night telling you ways that you guys can um, be a part of this whole work. Whether you come with us, whether you stay here, there's many ways that you guys can support, and everything serves to build God's kingdom. Amen. There is no small task in the kingdom of God. So before we get any further, um, I'm going to pray again. Give this night to the Lord. Also, if more people come in, just feel free to kind of squish in and fill some of these seats so we don't have to try to find more, all right? So, Father God, we thank you again that we can be here tonight, Lord. We pray that you would be with us, that you would make yourself known, that you would make your purpose, your vision known for this church, God, and what you're doing, and that it would all be about you, that it would all be glorifying to you. So be here tonight in a mighty, powerful way. We ask this in Jesus' name, and we pray, amen. All right, just a, just a show of hands. How many of you, I mean, obviously you're here, but this has been something that's been in the making for a couple years. How many of you knew that? All right, like this has been something, there's so, so like all my family and best friends, that's about it, okay? Um, but so for some of you, this is new. You're like, I just heard about this last weekend in the announcements, or maybe you heard about it a month ago in the announcements, or you saw it on Facebook, someone shared it, but it's very recent to you. But this is something that God has been doing for a while. Um, Nehemiah is a, is a book that's been very near and dear to my heart in the last couple of years, and I just want to share a scripture here, if you can read it there. All right, so it says in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Then I said to them, this is to the people that he's directing to build the wall. If you know the story of Nehemiah, he goes out, does a great work, builds a wall in like 52 days, something that didn't, didn't happen for over a hundred and something years. It laid in ruins, right? Nehemiah did it in 52 days. Anyways, he's, this is before it happens. He's rallying the troops. He says, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in? How Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned? Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. 
And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. You see, Nehemiah, before he got to this point where he told the people of the work that he was going to do, first off, he saw a problem. He saw a problem. He heard of this great problem, Jerusalem. It's in ruins. And he weeps over it. And he actually fasts for many, many days. Many scholars would say maybe four months. Actually, he's, he's fasting and praying. Well, then he comes before his, um, his boss, essentially, if you know the story. And he comes before the king. He was the cupbearer to the king. And the king's like, hey, Nehemiah, what's wrong? You're not sick. You look okay, but just something's obviously not right. You know, you've had those days where like, you're just not having a good day, and someone's like, hey, what's wrong? And you're like, I'm not sick or anything. So Nehemiah's just up front with them, and he says, hey, my, the city of my father's just lying in ruins. Breaks my heart. There's a problem. And so he says, well, what are you asking me, Nehemiah? He says, well, let me go and build it. Let me go and build it. Give me some stuff. And then he asks for a bunch of things. And the king says, well, hey, give me a time. Like, what time are you going to do this? How long is it going to take? It doesn't tell us what Nehemiah said, but Nehemiah gives him an answer. And it said that it pleased the king. And he basically just granted him favor. So then he goes out. Nehemiah goes. He goes on a little spy mission. Takes a few of his buddies with him. And he goes out and checks out the land. How bad is this actually? All right, so he goes out, checks out. He comes back. He's like, okay, I've counted the cost. I know what we're in for. And then these verses is when he comes to the people and he says, all right, guys, I'm going to tell you everything that happened. I'm going to tell you what I saw. I'm going to tell you what we're dealing with. And then we're going to get up and we're going to build this thing. So tonight, really, for me, it's like, hey, I believe God has shown us a problem. There's a problem. Obviously, the world needs Jesus, right? And specifically, when we're talking about the fervent church, we're talking about Austin, Texas, needs Jesus. Right, there's just a bunch of people there. It's almost a liberal oasis. Not that a liberal can't be a Christian, but there's just a lot of people who are not Christians, do not like Jesus, and they grew up in the Bible Belt, and they went to Austin to escape it. Okay? That's what happened. That's what's going on. We talked with people there. So me and a few friends, we went there. We were like, hey, there's a problem. Let's check it out. Is this somewhere we think we can build something for God? So we go there, we check it out, we took a few different trips, and again, some of you know that, my family and my best friends, you know that I went out there, but for the rest of you, you don't know this, but we have gone out, we've spied the land, and where I am tonight is I just want to tell you guys where we're at, we're like, hey, we saw the land, we saw what we're up against, we know the people, it's going to be a challenging task, all right, but I believe God's hand is on this, and like Nehemiah says, he says, I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. And I just want to tell you guys, when we're talking about the fervent church tonight, this is not just an idea that I thought of yesterday. This isn't an idea really that I thought of at all. It was more like God gave it to me. And it's just kind of like my whole story, if you will. And I'm not going to give you it all because we'll be here for days. (laughs) You guys didn't come here for that. But we're going to start with our story. My wife and I, she led us in worship. We got married when we first got married, which was four years ago. We believed God was going to do something, but we didn't know what. I was the janitor at this church at that time, and I was a part-time pastor, right, doing the young adults ministry. I loved everything I did. I didn't know what was next, all right, but I'm just serving faithfully. I'm mopping this coffee shop floor one day, and then um, before I was a pastor, I'm mopping this coffee shop floor, one of the pastors on staffs comes up to me and says, hey, I'm going to leave next year and I'm going to go plant a church and I want you to take over the college ministry. And I was like, me? Uh, are you sure you got the right person? You want me to go find him? Because I just, you literally stopped me from mopping the floor here. My mop is in my hand. Me? Like what? Like, I don't know what we're talking about, but that's what happened. And God had just, he, he called me into this thing. It's not something that I sought after. And so as we're, we get married, I first ask my wife, I say, hey, do you love Jesus? 
Are you willing to do anything for him? Because I really believe God is going to do something. I don't know what it is. It might be here in Tucson. It might be here at Calvary, Tucson. It might be in Mexico. It might be in some other state. I don't know. And she said, yeah, I love Jesus. I'm on fire for him, and I'm willing to go wherever. And I said, you are the one. Come on, baby, let's get married. And so four months later, I proposed to her. Six months after that, we got married. And like 11 months after that, we had our first kid. And it's just crazy. Life happens fast, all right? But... So anyways, I, enough of that, but we get married, we got a house, well first off our apartment was something like, hey, we're living in this nice apartment, but we couldn't afford it, but that's where we wanted to live, and we're just like, God, you got to help us out. I kid you not, she calls one day, says, hey, how much is it, is there a summer special? Yeah, summer special today, $5.90 for one bedroom apartment, and like normally it's like $7.20, and we can't live there. Anyways, we're like, we'll take it, yes, right now, sign us up. That's the first thing we see God's hand upon it. Very little, right? That's not a big deal, maybe, for some of you. After we have our first kid, our boy, we're like, hey, maybe we should look into getting a house. All right, so we're looking for a house, and I don't know if our realtor's here right now, but Melissa Coach, she is amazing, and just a little shout-out to you. Um, if she is here, if she's not, um, and you're looking to buy a house, hey, that's cool. Go check her out. Um, anyways, we tell her, like, hey, we don't really have any money, but we want to buy a house. Like, and it's, Well, that doesn't work, Nick. I don't know how you're going to do that. So anyways, we're looking into houses. Every house that we found that we could afford, like, we would put in our offer, best offer. Like, we got one shot. Let's put it all in on the table, save try and get it right like went on the market that morning we're submitting an offer like two hours later but then we would get outbid we wouldn't get the house and that happened like two or three times where i'm like are we ever going to get a house because we can't offer any more than what we're already offering this one house comes up on the market the perfect little house not super big is about a thousand square foot didn't really need any work just perfect had a two-car garage and all the guys in here you said yes two-car garage no nobody all right (laughs) For me, I'm like, that's a big deal. That's all I need, baby. I just need a garage. Put all my stuff, tools, we're good. Um, and then I'm just like, we're not going to get it. It's too perfect. And we, so we put in our offer, and I just forgot about it for a couple of days. And then Melissa texts us a couple of days later, said, hey, congratulations, you got the house. And I'm like, what house are you talking about? And anyway, so I open it up, and we look at it, and it's like it's the house that was so perfect. And I'm just like, you can't, you got to be kidding me right now. So anyways, there's a lot more that goes into that story. But we got this house. Like, it was obviously God who got us in, right? So we're stoked. We're happy. We're like, hey, maybe the Lord wants us here for many years, many years to come. We're thinking this was a God thing. We saw his hand all over this, and, like, this is, this is what it is. Um, after about a year of living there, I go to a conference in town. One of my friends is a pastor at Victory, um, or he was a pastor at Victory. He's like, hey, why don't you come to this conference? And I'm thinking, yeah, you're just a local dude. Uh, I'm going to go show you some support. Hopefully you would show me some love and support too. He runs a conference. I run the conference here. It was just like, hey, it's a no-brainer. And I went there, not really expecting anything. All right, and this is in a time when I'm thinking like, hey, maybe Tucson's where we're supposed to be. Maybe we're just supposed to settle down and just kind of get comfortable at Calvary Tucson, right? And so, anyways, but so... Go to this conference. The first 30 minutes, he's like, I just want you to get alone with God. Just go anywhere. They had couches. They had chairs. They had, like, rugs you could sit on, kneel down on. He's like, read, pray, worship, whatever you want to do. And so I go, I re- I go sit down in the corner. God, what do, you want to, uh, what do you want to speak to me? What do you want me to read? What do you want me to do? Like, in this free time, this quiet time. And I felt like he impressed Nehemiah upon my heart. And so I start reading through Nehemiah chapter 1. It's good stuff, and I'm kind of jotting down notes as I do. I just kind of run through the Bible, do my own commentary in my notebook. No, no big deal. Nothing different about it. In chapter 2, same thing. 
But I write down this phrase and I say, rise and build the word spoken to me. That's what I wrote down in my, in my notebook. The session starts, worship starts, we're having a good time, worship was great. Um, the teacher comes up there, Wayland Sears, the senior pastor over there, gives a message. It was great. I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, he's not even teaching from his Bible right now. Uh, like, he doesn't have his Bible open. Like, what's going on? Is this going to be real? And anyways, God met me there, and I will say this, like, God will move in many different ways. If you're just open to God to speak to you, he'll speak to you. So I'm like, oh man, that was good. And then at the end of this thing, he's like, hey, I want to give you guys, youth workers, youth leaders, pastors, an opportunity to come forward and get prayed for. And just, he's like, you guys give altar calls all the time, but you don't respond to them very often. And so I want to give you that opportunity. So we all come forward, like all 40 or 50 of us, because like, we don't want to be the pastor who didn't go get prayed for, right? So <laughs> we're up there. I'm just kind of lifting my hands. Eyes are closed. I'm, we're all praising, um, praising Jesus. The worship's going on. It's a good time. A guy comes by, just like I would probably pray for one of you if you said, hey, could you pray for me? Just going through a rough time. Come over, you know, put my hand on you and just, hey, Lord Jesus, bless this person. Help them um, provide what they need. Um, so he prayed for me. Not a big deal. Anyways, I'm, I'm entered back into worship. My eyes are closed. My friend, who I've only really had lunch with one time and talked to and kind of like message on Instagram a few times and text message. I had lunch one time in person, and that was basically our interaction. He comes over, so I say friend, but I say that loosely. Comes over, grabs me, one hand on my chest, one hand on my back, grabs me sternly. I'm kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Like, this is weird. Like, nobody, you don't do that. I don't come up to Calvary Tucson and just grab people. Um, but he just did it. And so I'm just like, okay, Lord, whatever, man, I'm here. Just, whatever, I'm just here. Give it to me, Lord. And so he starts speaking. He's not Lord Jesus. And none of that, he just starts speaking things. And one of the things that he says, is, he says, you're supposed to rise and build. And so at that moment, I break down in tears. I'm not like crying back because I'm a man. I'm just like, whew. <laughs> That's touching. But, um, but no, I knew that it was the Lord. I'm like, this is God. I wrote that down in my notebook maybe 45 minutes ago. Rise and build, the word spoken to me. A dude comes over, says, you're supposed to rise and build. A guy that doesn't know me, he didn't read my notebook. We didn't talk between worship and the teaching and worship afterwards. So he says that, and I'm just like, dang, this is crazy. Call my wife up after the, the session. I say, babe, you will never guess what happened. I tell her the whole story, and she starts crying on the phone. And I'm like, are you okay, babe? She's like, yeah, I'm okay, but it's just becoming so real and it's so clear that God is calling us to go plant a church, not to get comfortable at Calvary. So at that point in my life, anyways, I'm like, okay, God is obviously calling us to go rise and build, to start a church. Now the question is, where? Where do we go? There was talk about it between me and some of the staff and Robert about a downtown campus for a long time. And very, um, it's, nobody really knows this, but like we had pretty much the papers drawn up and we were going to have this building and all we needed was Troy to sign on the dotted line, but some stuff fell through, didn't work out and that didn't happen. And then we never found a deal that came anywhere close to the deal that we had. And so I'd call up some people, Hey, how much is it to, uh, to rent this space? And they're like, well, what are you going to use it for? Well, church, they said, and this is, I kid you not, you'll never be able to afford it. Boop. Hang up on me. It happened at least two times that I can remember. And so I call these people, and I'm just like, man, that's so ridiculous. But anyways, God just was kind of closing the doors on that. So I was like, well, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want us to go? So we're praying. And then also, I'll just give you guys a little insight into my own life. I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. At that point, maybe I've been in ministry three or four years. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm just not, I haven't gone, I haven't completed Bible college um, I don't have any degree at all, period. And I'm just like, God, I'm not smart enough. I don't have the, 
experience needed to plant a church. Well, one weekend I'm teaching for Robert. It was a, I, I'm blessed that he even let me teach. Sometimes I'm like, Robert, are you sure? Me, Nick, here. Okay, we're good? All right. So we go, and I teach, and then after one of the services, this guy comes up. Never met him before, and I don't, and I don't know that I've ever seen him before. He says, hey, I just want you to know this. And maybe you're here tonight. If you're here tonight and this was you, I want you to come up and talk to me, but I can't remember what your face looked like. But he says, ever since I was a kid, I'd get these words from God. I'd just get these pictures. And he says, when you're up there preaching, just two words kept coming to mind. And he's like, I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I don't know what it means. And I say, okay, well, just give, what is it, right? You know, like, what is it? Just tell me. And he says, you're ready. And I said, thank you, sir. I'm pretty sure I know what it means. And again, it was one of those instances where I'm just like, dang, Lord, like, I'm here struggling. Like, hey, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Like, find somebody else, Lord, or, or I need some more time to learn. And then this dude comes up and says, no, you're ready. I never met him before. Never had a conversation with him. So again, it's like, hey, you're supposed to rise and build, and you're ready to go. So then me and my wife are like, okay, well, where are we supposed to go? And so we start praying about it. Lord, do you want us to sell our house? Right? If you want us to sell our house, man, you got to help us, and you got to give us some signs. So I'm out in the backyard praying and reading Scripture one day, and one of the things, and maybe some of you can relate to this, debt. How many of you like debt? Nobody. One person? All right. Um, no, so nobody likes debt, right? So, so we're in debt. We got some debt to pay off. And I'm like, if we go plant a church, we got so much debt, I have to make a certain amount of money just to move out there for us just to survive. Like, and that's just crazy. It puts us in this, this situation where it's like, it's just not, it's not a smart situation, right? Like, go out there. Then I'm going to have to work. How am I going to plant a church if I'm working 60, 70 hours a week? So I'm like, God, if you want us to go, you got to help us. You got to help us sell our house. But I, before that, before we even decided to sell our house, I'm just praying, and I go, come to Luke 17. Luke 17, it's these lepers, I believe, and they come to Jesus. And they say, Lord, have mercy on us. Cleanse us. Heal us, right? And then Jesus says to them, go to the high priest, and you, you will be made well. Well, it says in that verse there, it says, as they are going or on their way, they were made clean. Not when they got to the high priest that they got clean. Not when they did something on their way. As they just stepped out in faith. Okay, Jesus said to go. I'm going to go. And so then it hit me. And I'm just like, this whole time, I'm like, God, we can't go because we got too much debt. And I believe he just spoke to me that night. He's like, Nick, go, and I'm going to take care of the debt. So I'm thinking, well, we need to sell our house probably. Well, our house we just bought. The one bad thing about it was it had a roof that was 20 years old. It didn't leak, but it wasn't in the greatest condition. And I'm like... It was the one thing that Melissa told us, hey, do you want me to ask them to redo the roof? And we're just like, we're already asking a lot, I felt, and they're giving us a deal. It's a God thing. I don't want to ask for more and ruin this thing. So anyways, we're praying, God, if you want us to sell this house, you need to let us know, and you've got to help us provide for a roof, because we got, like, no money at this point, right? So I kid you not, we're praying this prayer. Within that same month, a guy comes to the door. Hey, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, there was a storm in this area, a hailstorm, and there's a lot of roof damage on the, the houses in this neighborhood. Would you like me to go up and give you a free estimate and let you know if that maybe your insurance could cover? And I said, thank you, sir. Have a good day. Right? Because how many of you guys, someone comes to your door and you're just like, yeah, I don't want anything. Keep your cookies. I'm good. Um, so, so I let him go. Right? A couple weeks later, maybe a month later, hey, Hey, I just want you to know, I don't know if you noticed, and I did notice, he's like, across the street, Sally got a new roof 
the insurance covered it. She just had to pay her deductible. Joe next door got a new roof, and I don't know if you noticed. And again, of course I noticed. Like I saw him there doing all of this. Hey, and then the guy around the corner, they got a new roof. And, and it's for real, me and my wife were seeing all these houses get a new roof. But the thing was, he's like, they just got to pay their deductible. So I'm like, okay, man, well, what's our deductible? And he kind of looks into it. He's like, $1,000. You know, you think you can do $1,000? I'm like, no, I could do like $10, you know. Um, <laughs> but we don't got that money. Like, seriously, we just didn't. I wish I could, but we couldn't. And so I let him go again. And then I call up one of my friends. He comes to this church. And I say, hey, dude, is this the real deal? Or is this guy just pulling my leg? You know, and he's like, no, man, it's the real. And he does roofing. And he's like, actually, I'll come and I'll do your roof for you. And I said, dude, I would, I would love that. And I'd love to give you business and all that but I don't have any money and I can't pay the deductible. You know what my friend said? Don't even worry about it. I'll do it. Just give me the insurance money. You don't have to pay me a penny. And that is what happened. So me and my wife are sitting here like, man, we literally just got a brand new roof, didn't pay a single penny. We said, Lord, if you want us to sell this house, you need to get us a new roof. And now we're sitting under it. And we're like, I feel like we're in sin if we don't sell it. <laughs> right? So, um, so we sell it. And it was another God thing where he provided um, more than we thought we would we would even get we didn't pay off all of our debt we paid off pretty much most of it like for reals and it was just a god thing we're and then here's another god thing my in-laws are here they're amazing people at first we said hey what do you guys think about us moving in my wife asked her dad and uh, he's like she's like just pray about it and he sends the text back that prayed about it nope <laughs> uh, so i'm like okay lord we're gonna have to pray a little more just to see what happens here um, and so we're praying and stuff, but and, I mean, long story short, it's like we're living there. It's great. It's awesome. And it's just a godsend. And God is just working. He has his hand over this whole thing. In the midst of all this, like our team that I'm about to introduce you guys to, it, God weaved everything together where the, the first couple, Sam and Morgan, that I'll introduce you guys to, like I didn't even know them. I met them in the cry room before. I'd seen them in passing. I knew their names. That was it. Um, my wife went to youth group with them, but God weaved our, our past together, and they needed a babysitter. My wife, stay-at-home mom, it's like, hey, can you watch our kids? Started watching our kids, and then we had dinner one night. Again, it's like my first time meeting Sam, and on the way over there, I'm just like, hey, um, what if I tell them, you know, we're all this crazy stuff that's going on that we think we're supposed to plant a church? And she says, hey, babe, do whatever you feel led to do. So we're just talking just like normal, like, hey, what do you guys do? Like, what do you like? Are you just going to do that forever? What's your plans for life? Whatever. And then they say the same thing. Like, well, what about you guys? I'm like, well, I think we're supposed to start a church. At that time, we were thinking more Salt Lake City. But and we went out, we visited it. We just kind of determined that's not the place. Um, but Afterwards, we find this out months later um, that Morgan said to Sam, like, that night, I think we're supposed to go with them. You know, and for me, it's like I'm a kind of guy like, hey, I, I think I'm a little crazy sometimes, like, because I just believe in this God who does crazy things. And so sometimes I'm like, people are just looking at me like, that's stupid, ridiculous. And maybe it is stupid and ridiculous, but I just have ridiculous faith in a God who is just ridiculously big, right? So it just blew my mind when they're, one day, they're like, we're praying about coming with you. And we're praying about selling our house. And they actually sold their house before us. And we're like, whoa, 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 wait up. Don't sell your house yet. What are you doing? Um, but it was just like God brought them into our life. And it just like lit a fire under us where it's like we can't stay comfortable. We're going somewhere. And God's calling us. So he weaved that in. Melissa and Louie, another couple that I'll introduce you to in a minute. We met them in the cry room where my wife and her, they had a play date together with the boys. They're both um, around the same age, two and three. And 
they're just talking and they're just talking about life. And my wife just shares this. Um, and it wasn't even like, hey, do you want to come with us? It's just like, this is what God's doing in our life. And then they had this moment where it's just like, I think we're supposed to go with them. And all of a sudden, like now they're on the team. They're looking to go with us. And then we got Caleb back there, one of my friends. I'll introduce you to him in a few minutes. We got Leslie, wherever she may be. I'm right back over here. Um, some people that served in the church with me in the young adults group where I'm just like, why do you want to come with us? And their answer is probably like, I don't know. It's the Lord. It's not you. Trust me, Nick. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't choose it. I don't know. And then we got uh, my sister, Caitlin. She's actually in Guatemala right now on a missions trip. And this is crazy. Like she's out there right now experiencing things that you read in the Bible. She literally texted us while we were in Scotland. And she said she said she saw uh, blind eyes healed, a deaf ear open and a leg like grown out that was shorter than the other one. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, like this is amazing. Like, and I, so she's going to come with us. Um, Amber's sister, my sister-in-law, Ashley, she's going to come with us as well. She's out in Florida right now and God is doing a work in her life. And, um, and Sam, he, um, you'll see a video from him, but he's in Austin right now. Actually, he moved there. He got a job there. God's providing already. He's moving. And so it's just exciting stuff. So without further ado, that's kind of our story. And I want to introduce our team to you right now. So if uh, Morgan, do you want to come up here and share a moment, uh, a minute or two? And then I'll play Sam's video. All right. This is Morgan, everybody. a work in progress for definitely over a year since we've been with part of the team with Nick and Amber and just so to see other people get excited about what God is doing is so amazing and so we're so excited to be a part of it we're so glad that you guys are coming here to be a part of it um, and just supporting in any way that you can um, like Nick said we needed a babysitter and so our child care worker was going to have surgery and we needed someone and I thought you know Sam and I went to youth group with Amber in high school, but I didn't really know her. And I thought, I think Amber stays home. You know, maybe she could watch the kids. And I'm like, does anyone have her number? So I text her. I'm like, hey, do you think, you know, you could watch our kids? I know this is kind of weird, but I trust you, you know, could you watch our kids? And she's like, let me talk to Nick. And they said yes. So we had two little ones at the time. Um, and then it just started growing from there. They came over for dinner. And it was just so crazy watching God move in our lives. Um, and Sam and I, when we first got married and had our first daughter, we just started praying. You know, like, what? You look at this little life and you're like, I'm going to be responsible for them knowing Jesus. And, you know, I felt the weight of that. Um, and so we just started praying that he would use our family in whatever way that people would know Jesus. And so it's kind of crazy that our... Uh, slogan is so that many people so people may know Jesus because that's what um, we've been praying for which is awesome um, and so we're just so excited to be a part of it um, and Sam's there now like Nick said he got a job with the Austin Police Department so he moved out last week um, and so he's already starting he's getting you know being a part of the community and starting to meet people out there and we're just again excited that you guys are here and I think he made a video Right behind me. A lot of kayaking, paddle boarding. Uh, there's the downtown area. 
physical activities that you can do. And right now, as others around me, there's tons of people already running this trail. Um, it's a beautiful city, and we're really excited to come here. Uh, I just want to say again, thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for uh, hearing us out on this vision. I just want to say uh, and encourage you just to be in prayer. Uh, prayer in ways that you can help or prayer for us in general. Uh, this is a big move. Uh, we're really excited, but we all know that when you step out for Jesus, the enemy steps out for you. So if nothing else, if you can just keep our prayer for our team and our families that are going and just praying for the city of Austin. Uh, we're really excited to see what the Lord does, but we also know that it's going to have some challenges, but we're excited to see those challenges glorify Jesus. Um, so I just want to say thank you, and if you're praying about joining, we'd love to have you. Uh, we'd love to have you guys, and if, if not, if you're like, well, I don't really feel like I'm going to move to Austin, come and visit us. We would love to see some familiar faces from Tucson, and it's a cool city to visit. I mean, it's a cool city to vacation to. There's a lot to do, There's a lot of live music, great food. Um, but we're really excited to have this next start of our chapter, and uh, we're excited to have you guys there. So thank you, and God bless. Woo! All right. Thank you. All right. So that's Sam and Morgan. Next up, I got Louie and Melissa. If you guys would come on up here, give them a hand. Come on up, guys. And watch this cord right there. There we go. Thank you all for coming. My name's Louie. This is Melissa. So this all happened for us uh, last year. Uh, we were in a lot of trials in our own life. And like Nick said, we met them in the cry room. Uh, we didn't know who him and Amber were or anybody else in the team, but um, God really is marvelous and he worked his ways um, in our lives. Uh, at the time, I was taking a travel assignment out of town and I was really felt led by the Lord to uh, be involved in the ministry there. So um, I got a job offer. We made plans to go move, kind of moving out in faith. And all of a sudden, uh, the plans fell through. So we were here. Um, our house never did sell, so that was a blessing. But I was jobless. We didn't know what to do. We were really praying and um, looking for God to give us an answer as, as to you know what. We felt that this was a test uh, moving. And we were praying, okay, if that's a test, what's the real thing coming up? And within that week... Um, that's when Amber talked to my wife and said, well, I think the Lord is telling you that you need to come with us. And so we prayed about it and, um, you know, we're, it, it, it just became so clear to us that that's what needed to be done. And uh, since then, the whole year, this year, it's just being confirmed over and over again that that's what we need to do. So I would like to say how honored, honored we are to be involved in this team. Uh, it is such a blessing to us and something that we prayed for a long time is for the Lord to surround us around godly men and women to edify us, to uh, bring us closer to God. And he really answered those prayers with this team. And it's also really amazing that, you know, there was never any questions asked in, um, from Nick and Amber, from Sam and Morgan, Caleb, anybody else, Leslie, that, you know, um, how is our life, you know, are we right in the Lord? You know, it's, it's just amazing that everybody in this group, that they're 
so focused on God and so trusting that they just totally accepted us. That, you know, they seen God moving the same way we did. And, and you know, we said the same thing that they said. Okay, we're all going to be part of this group. And uh, this is a work of, of God, pretty much. You know, that they're that we're being brought in this group to go along with Nick and Amber to Austin. So we're very thankful that we're being part of this. And um, thank you for coming here and listening to us. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. That's Louie and Melissa. Um, next, I want to in- introduce you to Caleb. Why don't you come on down? Caleb, you want a brand new car. camp that they have every summer um, and then I into high school I started going to the high school group and I met my, my, the pastor that I'm serving with right now Dan Swanson and he actually planted the church and I'm serving at that church right now uh, and that's kind of when I started to learn what my spiritual gift was as service and then I met Nick at the college group the young adult group and uh, I just saw the passion that he had, and I, when he talked about going to Planet Church, I was like, let's do it. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, he was going to go to Salt Lake City to go check out the city, and uh, they were, it was like the night before they were going, and he was like, uh, do you got a van? Or, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I have a van. Well, it's not my van, but my parents' van. And, <laughs> so we ended up using our van. Uh, it was just a pretty old van. Uh, one, of the, one of the doors doesn't work and, and doesn't have cruise control, so it was kind of rough, but it was an awesome trip. And, uh, and I was like, Salt Lake, woo, this is the city. And then they started talking about Texas, and I was a little less excited. <laughs> uh, but I'm so super excited to go to Austin and yeah, I mean, I just, I love Nick and his family, and I love the whole team, and I'm just excited to go out there. I'm actually moving out in November, so I've got a little less than three weeks, and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be living with Sam and Morgan for the first few months or however long, so I'm excited to see what happens. Sweet. Thanks, brother. Yes. And we survived that trip, obviously. It was a good trip. All right. Um, next up, we got Leslie. Would you come on down here? Give Leslie a hand. Watch the cord. Ooh. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you again for being here. It means so much to all of us. Um, well, my name is Leslie. I met Nick and Amber at the Ignition Young Adults Group. Um, the fact that I even ended up there is just a testament of the work that God will do. Um, the mercy he has, um, the many chances that he gives us. Um, I remember um, it was like a New Year's service, and I don't remember what Nick was teaching on, but I remember that he shared his testimony. And I had grown up in church, and... Um, sorry. But for him to be a pastor and to have a testimony close to mine um, meant so much that I was like, that's the God that I want to get to know. Um, so for the first time in my life, I wanted to get to know 
the God that truly loves you and forgives you. Um, so that summer I got baptized, did some Bible studies with Amber. She planted a lot of seeds that I still remember um, at those, those group meetings. Um, fast forward to I got to intern with Nick, and that summer we did like Bible studies, um, again, some leadership classes. For the first time in my life, I was just so, I'd never studied the Bible like that before, and i just grown to love it. Um, uh, we read um, Calvary Distinctives, and there's a portion on, you know, how Jesus himself came to serve, and that's when he started putting, like, this servant heart in me. Um, fast forward, Pastors and Leaders Conference, um, I asked Nick to pray about with me about the thought that maybe I should go with them. Um, and I was like, all right, God, if you want me to go, I just want to make sure Nick and Amber will have me. Um, then Amber started talking about it, how she went on to intern and for a church plan a long time ago. There's just a lot of little pieces that God's just put all together, and I'm just so grateful to be here. Um, I love the Fervent family, um, and God is good. Amen. Glad to have you on team. Um, next one, we got a little video. This one, hopefully the sound will be better. This is my sister in Guatemala. She's in a McDonald's in a Guatemala, and it, or in Guatemala, and it's a little loud in the background. And so anyway, so here we go. And this is my sister, Caitlin. sister would be inputted but uh, she didn't give me the video in time it was an idea I had literally today and I was like guys can you shoot a video and send it to me so that was my fault really more than anybody so but um, Ashley she just gave her life back to the Lord this is Amber's sister like I don't know four or five months ago or so um, just a radical transformation to where it's like she was so on fire I'm like am I even a Christian even anymore like she'd say things like we're talking to her about things and she's just like did you pray about it I'm like who are you like, <laughs> But uh, anyways, it's just amazing what God's done in her life. And she's like, hey, I think I want to come with you guys and uh, be a part of this. And we're just like, yeah, we'll pray about it. And we've told everybody, we're like, hey, this is going to be hard. This ain't going to be easy by any means. Like we're stepping out into the battlefield in a very real way. So we've told everybody. So if any of you are like, hey, I think I want to be a part of this team. Like it's going to be hard. There's going to be challenges. But again, God is going to t get us through. But I, scripture says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that come as though something strange were happening to you. So it's going to happen. Um, 
Anyways, I want to uh, pick up speed a little bit here. We're going to go into the third part. This is our vision. And I want to ask, though, um, if we could get a couple leaders to start passing out those little flyers. But our vision, um, the location, first off, is Austin. Many people ask, why Austin? You guys got some flyers out there. Um, so, like, where and why are we going to Austin? Um, and this is a scripture that came to us. This is when me and my wife, um, Sam and Morgan, I think that was the team at that point, we're having a Bible study one night, just going through Matthew, reading through it. And we come to this scripture, and it's Matthew chapter 4, verse 14, talking about Jesus and what he did right after. So he was baptized. He went into the wilderness. As you know, he was tempted by Satan himself there. And then after that, he goes into ministry. He starts ministering to people. And this is what, is what it says, if you want to read along on the screen. It says, it, he was doing these things, going to this place. Capernaum was what, where he went. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. All right, so, and we're reading through this. And we're like, okay, well, where are we supposed to go? And what did Jesus do? All right, so we look at Jesus, it's like, well, Jesus was going to the darkness. Jesus went to Capernaum, and it, if you don't know anything about Capernaum, it was a place where they worshipped many gods, they didn't serve Jesus, they didn't like him, and they didn't like that, but they served, they were just idol worshippers, we could just say that, okay? And anyways, so Jesus did a lot of his ministry in Capernaum. He healed people, he did all of these miracles that if you and I saw someone heal someone right now before our very eyes, we'd be like, man, something special about that dude, maybe we should listen to him. Right? It's like, so Jesus was doing that, but later on in Matthew it says that, Woe to you, Capernaum. It says that if the mighty works done in you were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, and if you know anything about Sodom and Gomorrah, they were like the worst of the worst in the Old Testament. It's like, if the mighty works done in you, it would have been better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for you. Basically, like, you guys are really bad. Right? But it's, Jesus says there, he says, I go there so that the people dwelling in darkness, they've seen a great light. It didn't stop him from going. Didn't stop him because he's like, oh, you guys are too hard-hearted, so I'm not going to love on you guys. So when we're like looking at this, well, what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus went to the darkness. He was the light. And so he calls us. He says, you are the light of the world. Why are you going to hide it under a basket? And it's like, so where, let me just ask this question. Where does the light shine the brightest? In the darkness. It's like, so when we're looking at it, at first we're looking at Dallas and we're kind of like, well, everybody believes in Jesus in Dallas, right? It's like, and then we're going down to Waco and we're like, well, Waco's interesting if you know any history about it. Um, look it up. There's a documentary on it. Very, very interesting. But like, yeah, no, we're good on that. Um, and so, but we're thinking about it. It's like, okay, Austin, man, Austin, this is interesting. My wife is actually from Austin originally. Her mom was born there and raised there. And so we're thinking about Austin. And Austin, if you have one of those cards I wrote on there, it's this like liberal oasis, like in the sea of this red state. Texas is just conservative, like it's the Bible Belt. But then Austin is in the middle of the state, and that's where everybody goes to get away from Christianity. That's where they go to just escape um, what they grew up with. And one pastor we met with when we were out there, he said that Austin is Athens. And so in Acts, I think, 17, Paul's looking out over the city of Athens, and he's crying. And he's just heartbroken because they're just worshiping all these false gods. And then he has this conversation with them, basically saying, like, hey, Jesus is God. And they're like, well, who is this God? We want to know more about it. Like, and this is, the problem is that Athens was very spiritual. They're like too spiritual. They believed in every God. I want to hear everything you got. Like, I'll take a little bit from you. I'll take a little from Buddha. I'll take a little bit from here. And we'll just mix it all. It was a melting pot of religions. Well, that was what the pastor said Austin is. He's like, it's just a melting pot. Everybody's spiritual here. He's like, but the problem is to get them to believe that Jesus is the only God. 
who will give you any type of life and hope and, uh, and peace and joy and all that stuff. So he says that to us. And so, but um, anyways, coming back to the whole reason where and why, well, this is why, because Jesus went there and we're called to follow him, pick up our cross and follow him. So we're like, hey, Jesus, we're coming with you, man. We're going for it. Let's see what happens. And so we're going to take the light to the darkness there. We visited there. It's just a cool place. There's a lot going on, like Sam said, but there's a lot of people to love and to serve. Um, so ways that we're going to do this church plant for me and my wife, we're going to move out in March. Um, what I've encouraged everybody in our team is that we're going to go out there. We're going to get jobs. It's not like we're going to just hang out and hope that the Holy Spirit comes down and just hands us all the money that we need. No, we're going to go and work. And we're going to, when you work, you make connections, you make friends, right? You get to know people. Like I'm moving out there. I know nobody. So I'm going to go hopefully work at like Costco or something. You can pray for me that I get a job like that. I just want to be where the people are. Like, I don't care really how much I make as long as it's enough to provide for our housing. But I'm just like, I want to be where the people are so that I can get to know them. Because if I just go out there and say, hey, my name's Nick. I moved my family here, quit my good job in Tucson, don't have a job here to plant a church um, to tell you about Jesus. That sounds a little crazy to people that don't know Jesus. Right. So for me, I'm just like, I want to know, get to know you first. Like, my name's Nick and I just moved here from Tucson. I'll tell them my story. I came here to plant a church, but we're not starting it till September. So what this gives me is opportunity over six months to get to know them and for them to get to know me to see, hey, he's not as crazy as he sounded that first day, right? Hey, you know, he's a real guy. I've seen him have bad days and I've seen and heard him apologize to me for just maybe getting mad at me, right? Like they're going to say, hey, he's real. They now I have a connection there. And so now I'm going to say once we're about a month out from launching in August, I'll say, hey, Joe, remember when I told you about the reason we moved here? Oh, yeah, to plant a church or something. I'm going to say, yeah. In two weeks, we're going to launch at so-and-so middle school, and you and your friends should come check it out. Don't you think there's going to be much better um, chance of them coming to see it, even if they don't believe in Jesus, just because we have a friendship? Like, some of you guys are here. You have no intention to go out with us or do anything. You just came because you're my friend, right? It's like people in Austin, they're going to be like, I don't believe in Jesus, but hey, I care about you, and I'll come out there. Uh, so that's part of our, our strategy, if you will, is just building relationships, be out in the community. I want to go to community events. Um, uh, me and Sean, my wife, and a, a team just got back from Scotland, and Pastor Jim Arnold, you guys know him, show of hands if you know Jim and Lori, uh, they're amazing people, um, went out there, and I was just incredibly encouraged just seeing Jim on the streets. Sean's playing, and if you've heard Sean sing, I mean, he's, he's just an angel of a voice. He's probably going to lead us in worship in heaven. So you're just getting a little glimpse of what's coming into eternity. So he's just warming up his vocal cords. Um, but anyways, he's playing, you know, and then people are just coming by, but they weren't like, hey, what's he singing about? Like, those people would come up to Jim, and they're just like, hey, what's up, Jim? Like, and I realized they're not asking about the music. They know Jim. Because Jim is out on the streets every day. Jim's talking to people. He's like, hey, what's going on? Jim's at the racetrack. That's what he likes to do, making friends. And he told us the first day, I just really hope and pray that my friend from the racetrack would come here. You know, and it just meant so much to him. And like it's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock was when service started. His friend wasn't there yet, but his friend came. Like, and did he give his life to the Lord? I don't know. But it was just amazing to see his friend came because he had a relationship, a connection with him. And so that's what we're looking to do when we go out into Austin, make connections with people, invite them to church in hopes that they would come to know Jesus Christ um, as their Lord and Savior. That's, this is our mission statement, if you will. So we got shirts for sale, and this goes to support the church so that people may know Jesus. Like, we're going out there to say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus has an offer for you on the table, and it's eternal, abundant life. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can take it or leave it, but now you know. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully they would come to know him, and then the people that know him would come to know him in a deeper way as we teach through the Bible. And so that's something, um, but that's, that's kind of our, our strategy, if you will. And so we're going to, Lord willing, launch September of 2020. We don't have a day yet. We don't have an exact location. Um, what I've seen God do in our life, as I told you guys, is like he kind of reveals step by step. It's like, hey, sell your house. I'm like, but where are we going, Lord? Just sell your house. I'm like, but that's kind of scary, right? So, but I sell my house and then it's like, okay, we're going to Austin. Now it's like, well, where are we going to plant? Well, it's like, just go get to Austin and then we'll figure it out, right? That's kind of what I feel like the Lord's doing similar to Abraham in uh, Genesis 12. The Lord just says, just go to the land that I will show you. And I think it's crazy that Abraham's like, well, which way? Like north, south, east, west? He doesn't ask those things. He just goes. And God eventually shows him where he's supposed to be. So I believe God's going to do that. A few things that I want to note um, here just with you guys, just kind of tell you about. There's our mission statement so that people may know Jesus. That's what it's all about. Here's some of our values. And values really, if you, um, I'm just going to try and get them all up there for sake of time. Values are just something that kind of defines us, has some guardrails. It's like, okay, how are we going to do ministry? What are we going to be about? Like, what do we want people to know us for? And, and what's going to really set us up to be fruitful? So these are our values that we've kind of set out. Ten values, they might change over time as we figure out, like, who we are. And we get to Austin and things change. And we're like, wow, okay, like, we might have to change some stuff. But fervent, like, we're the fervent church. We want to be fervent in everything we do. That actually comes from Romans 12, verse 11. It says, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit serve the Lord and to me when I read that verse I'm like man fervent that's just so interesting I started doing a word study and I'm like yes that's what I want us to be that's not saying that hey we're the fervent church and you're not it's like this is our aim we want to be fervent in everything we do we want to be fervent in prayer fervent in worship fervent in the word of God and so when people are like why are you so obsessed with being fervent so that people may know Jesus because it's a real problem out there and it needs there's a solution and people need to know it amen uh, so fervent, rooted, rooted in God's word, because that is where we find out who God is, what his plan is for us, what he did for us. Right. Amen. That's what it's all about. Rooted in scripture. Another thing that I don't have a slide for. Um, some of you might wonder, like, hey, why are you not a Calvary? I just want to say like, we're going to be Calvary like in in, in um, philosophy of ministry and all that. We're going to teach um, verse by verse, chapter by chapter for the majority of the time. So it's like we're not going off the rails. We're not trying to get out of like accountability or anything. It's just I believe God is calling us to, do, to be new wineskins in this new generation of people that are coming up. Um, so we're just going out there. But we're rooted in God's word. We're committed. And what I like to say, I told the leaders, for better or worse. Like when you get married, it's like, hey, I'm committing myself to you for better or worse. We're committing to love and serve the people of Austin, Texas, so that they may know Jesus for better or worse. They might hate us. They might love us. They might be just, hey, I don't really care about you. I don't hate you or like you, but we're just committed. Accepting and honoring. It's something for me, it's just so important. Like I came, some of you, maybe you have a similar testimony. I've gone to churches where I felt cast out. I, I used to do drugs and alcohol, that kind of stuff. Lived that party life once upon a time, right? And coming to church, I felt like I was the black sheep, right? Like people would just say, oh, don't talk to that guy. You know, there's a lot of clicks. I didn't fit in. So then it just caused a lot of problems. But the first time I came to Calvary's young adult group, this guy comes up to me and, and I came in in a secular rapper's T-shirt. I remember who it was. and I'm not going to necessarily tell you who it is, but he was not good. He's basically the opposite of Lecrae. Lecrae's a Christian rapper. And this guy, and so I came in with my head shaved and all this stuff, just kind of, not that my head shaved meant anything, but I'm just like, hey, I don't really care what you think about me. Um, I already know what the church down the street thinks about me. So I came in looking for the worst, but man, this guy came up, said, hey, what's your name? 
tell him my name. He's like, well, what's your story? What's going on? I tell him my story. He's like, well, and here's a part for you. Maybe this is a curveball. Well, I got a DUI once, you know, and I don't have my license. My girlfriend who I was with for four years, she broke up with me and left me. My best friend who I grew up since second grade, he's in prison because of my, um, me encouraging to do stuff. Like he was the one who got caught. I didn't. Ended up in prison. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at in life. Uh, how about you, right? And I'm just thinking, like, he's going to be like, whoa, man, uh, maybe you should go see some counseling or something. He's just like, but no, he met me with love. He accepted me right where I was at. And he was just like, hey, dude, I got a similar story. He actually, like, 20 upped me. You know, like, when you're like, he one up me. Like, this dude was like, dude, I was addicted to heroin. I got in this motorcycle accident. It was crazy. And I actually was in a coma for, like, a month or something. He said he woke up and he didn't remember that he was a drug addict. He's like, God took the drug addiction away from me. I'm like, you win, dude. You win. (laughs) Anyways, it was just so powerful to me because I'm like, man, this dude is just like Jesus, like incarnate, just loving me where I'm at. And so that's what I really want to try to to have in our church is like, hey, we're accepting of everybody. I don't care where you've come from, what you've done, where you've been. I don't really care what you believe right now. I got a seat for you and I want you to sit in it because I want you to come to know that Jesus loves you, has a plan for you, and that he wants to do something in your life. If they believe it or not, I mean, that's up to them. But I want to be accepting where they're like, hey, I belong here even if like I don't belong. You know what I'm saying? And so honoring of everybody too, it's like we want to Honor everybody, knowing that God wants every single person out there to be his, his child. It's not the good ones that are doing really good that God's like, hey, that's my kid. It's like he wants all of them. Um, so we want to be honoring of all people. We can't stay here. What I mean by that is like we want to accept everybody where they're at, but we accept them to say, hey, Jesus loves you and he wants you to change and transform. Romans chapter 12 says, uh, Uh, Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's like you can't stay the same if you believe in Jesus, if the Holy Spirit is at work in you. You just can't. It won't happen. So that's a a big thing there. Remember, we want to remember who we were because we were sinners. We were lost in sin. It's like if we ever forget that, then we start looking at the world. We're like, man, you're pretty bad. And I don't know that I want you in my church. And I'm like, no, man, I was there too. I get it. And I tell people that all the time in our ministry. Like we remember who we were. We remember what God's done in our life, right? The Israelites were the ones who forgot what God had done. Like, hey, he was the God who split the Red Sea. Don't you think he's going to provide for you? Just think about that. Like if we're going through the desert, there's a big body of water. We're about to get killed by like a huge army and God just splits the sea. We walk through it. We're good. And he kills the army. Wouldn't you be like, man, I'm going to follow him forever. There ain't no questions about if God's real or if I should follow him. Like, it's the real deal. But no, they, they go along and then they forget. And they start to complain. So we want to remember what, what, who we were, what God's done in our life. We want to know who, remember who God is and who God has called us to be and what he's called us to do. So remembering, just a big thing. Authentic and genuine. It's like we're not putting on a show. We're not trying to, to make things up. Like, I'm just going to be real. Anybody who's been into our college group, like, I just, I'm, I say it how it is. I say it. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't, um, I don't shy away from hard topics. Like, there's times when I'll even put a pause on it. It's like, oh, well, we're supposed to be in James chapter 4, but the United States just legalized gay marriage across the board. Maybe we should talk about it. And so I'll, I'll pause it real quick because, like, this, what do we do? How do we respond as Christians, right? And so I, talk, I took a week one time to actually talk about that. How do we respond to the world as Christians, because you can't just be like, oh, this is ridiculous and I hate everybody. It's like, well, then nobody's going to come to Jesus now because they don't want any of that. 
It's like, so how do we respond properly? Authentic and genuine. Excellence. We want to be excellent in everything we do because we're serving an excellent God who deserves everything and far better than what we can bring him anyways. But we want to be excellent in that. Little things. It's all about the little things. We see Jesus. He takes the couple of loaves and a couple of fish and feeds the multitudes. It's all about the little things, bringing them to Jesus and seeing him do the big things. And then prayer, because the effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. Prayer changes lives. Prayer changes things. So those are some of the values that we want to kind of just guide us. They're guide rails, things that we, we filter things through, like, hey, how are we doing? Are we praying? It's like, no, man. Well, let's get back to it. Are we fervent in everything we do? Well, we've kind of gotten a little lazy. Well, let's get back to it. Let's repent. Let's come back to these things. So, all right. <clears throat> so, you guys got, everybody got a piece of paper that we handed out. All right, this is the next thing. Just ways that you guys can support. And I'm going to try and put them all up there. All right, there's commit to pray, commit to spread the word, commit to give once, commit to give monthly, commit to donate items, commit to go with us. So these are ways, and they're kind of jotted down in order of like, hey, Commit to pray. That's like the easiest one. Like, if you can't pray, then, I mean, there's some problems, right? I mean, this isn't like, hey, get on your knees and pray for two hours for us every day. It's like, hey, when you're praying, can you just give us a shout out? You know, hey, God, just want to remember the fervent church. Like, hey, thank you. Like, I believe that those prayers work. God hears the prayers of the righteous people who love him or are seeking him and trying to accomplish his will. So the first off, pray. Like, just commit to pray. Easy, right? I think we can all do that. The second one, commit to spread the word. Like, how can you spread the word? Well, a lot of people, since they've heard us starting a church in Austin, they've come up, told me or my wife or some of our team, like, hey, I got a cousin in Austin, or my grandson lives in Austin, or, I, or whatever. Like, and so for us, like, well, tell them about what we're doing. Right? It's not just tell me, hey, I got a grandson. Well, great. I don't know his name. I don't know where he lives. Like you're telling me he lives on the south side. I don't know where the south side even is in Austin yet. Like I just don't know. But if you go to them and say, hey, a pastor from our church is going to plant a church there. I went to their vision. I heard some of it. And I really think you should go check it out just once. And I always just tell people, just come once. If you don't like it, you don't ever have to come again. I'm not going to be offended. But if you try to tell me things from the door, like, Forget you guys. You guys don't love people. If you never stepped inside, you don't know what you're talking about, right? Tell them about us. Even if they don't believe in Jesus, just come check it out. Spread the word to people that you know in Austin. Um, also, a way to spread the word, social media. I know some people have mixed feelings about it, but I really believe in this day and age that, I mean, Jesus said, I want to make you fishers of men. I believe social media is a, is a bait of this of this day and age. I believe Satan is using it very, very skillfully and tactfully to lead people astray, but I believe we can leverage social media, Facebook and Instagram, for the glory of God, where we will put out advertisements. Just this past week, we did a Frank Turk event at the U of A, and we put out advertisements. There was 250 people that came, students, they came to the university, some of you heard them in the main service, but they came out, 250 or so of them, to the, to the university to hear this professor speak about God and faith and all these things. A bunch of questions happened afterwards, like they attacked him, but like, it, it was just, uh, it was just, I say that to say, um, I think it was a successful event and we used social media to get the word out. 
And so for some of you, it's just as simple. It doesn't cost any money. We don't have to spend a dime if you just click share on your Facebook feed, right? Say, hey, this, these people are, are starting a church. You should check it out. Share it on your thing. Or if you just like it or if you just comment on it, hey, praise God, praying for you guys. Like when you comment and when you like and when you share, it beats the algorithm. Anybody know what an algorithm is, right? It's like these things are real. They're tied into Facebook. So like you will not, some of you parents, Love you guys, but you got like 10 friends on Facebook, you know, and you post something. And you're like, why didn't you, did you see the thing I posted? And we're like, no, we didn't because nobody liked it and it didn't show up on our feed. But it's like all of a sudden the posts that are getting all the likes and the views, those are what you're going to see. And that's why you open it up later that day. And you're like, I already saw all this because those are the ones that are getting all the love and the support. So if you guys take time, little simple things like that can go a long way to spread the word. And we can leverage social media for the glory of God. The uh, third one up there, commit to give one time. Like every dollar goes to something eternal. Every dollar goes so that people may know Jesus. When you guys are buying a t-shirt, if you, that's the only thing you do. Like quite literally, you bought this t-shirt so that people may know Jesus. And it's telling people about Jesus. Like you can go out there and be a living like billboard for Jesus. Like you don't got like scratch out the fervent church if you want to. It's like, but people are going to say, what do you mean so that I may know Jesus? So well, let me tell you, he loves you. He's got a plan for you. I don't know if you knew this, but he created you with plans and purposes in mind, right? Like, so everything that you give, $1 goes towards something eternal. I can't tell you exactly what it will be, um, but it will go towards the church plant and we will use it so that people may know Jesus for the glory of God. There's the third one or the fourth one, commit to uh, giving monthly. All right, and how you can do this, you go to fervent.church. That is our website, fervent.church. It's not fervent.church.com. Hear me out. Fervent.church. Can you say it with me? Fervent.church. All right, so when you type it into your web browser, that's what you type in. You hit enter, it will pop up, all right? There is another Fervent Church in New Jersey um, somewhere, and I forget what their website is. It's like ferventchurch.com or .org. So don't get confused. Fervent.church, that's our website. And so if you wanted to give once, you could give there. Um, if you want to give monthly or reoccurring, there's actually an option where you can just hit the reoccurring thing and it will happen automatically. You don't have to think about it. So, and again, that would just go to everything that God's doing that we believe he's calling us to do, to loving the people of Austin, serving them and teaching them the word of God so that people may know Jesus. The uh, fifth one up there, commit to donate items. This is something, a list we're putting together. So a lot of stuff that you see up here, this is all of our college group set up, pipe and drape, the speakers, uh, mic stand, we got um, a monitor, uh, all this stuff, right, like is our college group. But we don't have that right now, okay? Uh, so when we're going to put up this list, it'll be on fervent.church. Hopefully tomorrow is, is my, my aim to put it up there. So I apologize that it's not there today. I'm learning from scratch, okay, like... If any, I never built a website. One of my buddies builds websites. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? Does it look good? He's like, yeah, it's pretty good, man. Yeah. And Right, Steve? No? He's like, no comment. Oh. But anyways, it will be up there. There will be a tab that you can give. Um, there is like, I'll let you know, like one item that we'll need is a trailer. There's actually a trailer that um, a ministry, Romans 12 ministry, they're looking at this, um, this trailer, and it's at Desert Christian, and about $1,000. And it's like, so we don't have that right now. But like, that would be an item where like, hey, I want to buy that trailer for you. And so you don't have to give us $1,000 and say, well, here's $1,000. I don't know what it's going to buy. You can say, hey, I want to buy that trailer for you. 1000 bucks, boom done. And then you just gave us a trailer all for the glory of God so that people may know Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's like, or like, hey, we need some pipe and drape. It's going to cost about however many, a couple hundred dollars. 
You could say, hey, I want to buy the pipe and drape for you. Boom, done, deal, right? Like those types of things. So committing to donate items, you'll find a list of needs on fervent.church very soon if you want to check those out. Or if you're like, hey, if after this, you're like, hey, I want to buy that trailer for you, like, let me know. Like, we'll, we'll set up that deal, however that goes. And then the last one there is commit to go with us. This is like the hardcore one where you're like, whoo, I don't know, man. You know, I heard some stuff today and that's enough. It's all I need to hear. Um, but commit to go with us. Pray about it first, obviously. Don't just say, hey, I think I want to go with you guys. Like you need to know. And I told the team, I said, don't just have a feeling, but have a like a confidence in the Lord. For me, it's like I had that prof- prophetic moments where rise and build. You're ready. Like, get out there and do it. I've seen God's hand in it all, where I'm like, I have no questions in my mind that I'm supposed to go. Like, I'm going to go whether a team comes or not. Whether this vision night happened or not, me and my wife, we're going to go to Austin, Texas. It's like, so, but if you want to come alongside, pray about it first. Know that the Lord's calling you to do it, and then talk to us, all right? And then we'll talk about how, what that looks like, and um, really what that looks like is just, as you're attending, like, a church service here, you're just committing to go work a normal job like you do here over there and you're going to come to a church service you can help set up tear down pray with people afterwards if that's what you want to do but really you're just coming to attend and support but we need people to be out there right it's like we need people to tell people about what we're doing so we can get the word out um so those are ways that you can support us i want to tell you guys one way um, I mean, I already said it, but one way you can support us is through giving. Tonight, so Romans 12 Ministries, they have been so gracious and kind, and they told me, they said, hey, look, we believe in what God's doing, and we want to make this offer for you for tonight and tonight only. They said that they will match up um, every donation that's given tonight up to $5,000. So that's like cash. It could be a check. It could be online, fervent.church. Go check it out. Or calvarytucson.com if you want to go there, and you're like, I don't know about your fervent.church. calvarytucson.com has the the link on there too you can give safe and securely and if we give up to five thousand dollars they will match it and that will turn into ten thousand dollars like how cool is that where else can you give five dollars and it turns into ten dollars where else can you give twenty dollars and it turns into forty dollars right so tonight and tonight only um that that's going to happen i was like tonight tonight only are you sure he's like yeah like we just want to make that incentive i'm like okay lord please um just help but if you feel led to give tonight's the night to do it um take advantage of that and, uh, but what I would ask you guys to do, regardless of how you want to support, I would encourage you to commit to one way. If it's only praying, like, that's huge. That means the world to us. That you would say, hey, I would love to pray for you guys. Um, I believe prayer changes lives. It changes destinies. It changes the world out there. It's like, if you want to commit to just spreading the word, that is huge to us. Like, when people are, like, excited about it, like, the fact that we have people in the seats here, I'm just, like, excited about it. Like, God, you're doing something. Man, I, it's crazy. It's awesome. But fill out those forms. Maybe you have a pen with you. If you don't have a pen, we got some at the table, but I would love you guys to fill it out. Name first and last. Put your email on there. We will add your email to our email list. You're not, we're not going to sell your email or anything like that. I don't know how to do that anyways. So, um, <laughs> hey, we're going to make some more money. We're going to sell all of your emails and spam you. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but, it, but I'm going to add you to the email list so that you can hear of our prayer needs where I'm like, hey, we're about to be incorporated. We're going through the process, filling out the paperwork. Pray for us in being incorporated. Hey, we're moving to Austin or Caleb's moving to Austin. Pray for him as he moves. Hey, our, our family's moving. Hey, Leslie's moving. Hey, Louie and Melissa are moving. Pray for them. Hey, we're starting our jobs. Pray for us that we can make friends and all these things. Like, you guys can stay updated as 
things are given like, hey, we got a trailer, you know, and you'll get that in the email where it's just like, praise God, we got a trailer. Now we got some pipe and drape to put into the trailer and we got, you know, like we got things and you guys can be involved even though you're not there with us. You know, like it's just an exciting thing. And I just believe that is the body of Christ. Like we all can do one thing. Like if you maybe you're like, hey, I don't feel called to go, but you can support the ones that do. You know what I'm saying? And that's how God works. He puts us together as his family. So um, anything that you can offer as far as support, prayer, spreading the word, uh, giving once, giving monthly, or even considering going with us, man, it, it just it means the world. So if you guys would fill those out before you leave, and when you leave, where you can turn them in is um, any agape box that's in the sanctuary from where I'm standing that way, okay, or in the foyer. Don't go into the sanctuary because they'll get lost and we'll never find it again because there's like a million agape boxes in this place. You ever seen it? Um, but anyways, just these wooden boxes. Drop those little things in there. If you want to give one time, like a cash donation or a check, you can drop those into the agape boxes on your way out as well. Um, lastly, what I want to say, um, let me see if I got some slides to go with this. Um, so there's our website, fervent.church. Okay, everybody got that? We're good. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, at the Fervent Church is what it is, okay? So that, if you have Facebook or Instagram, you guys can check it out there. Follow us would be huge. Just following, liking, um, sharing some of our stories. It just it goes a long way to where people are going to hear about it. Um, a fun story, I made a podcast one time, just totally, I kind of by myself. Um, the Spiritual Stamina, it was just a 21-day podcast where I put out like a five-minute Thing. It was a challenge like, hey, read this book, pray about this, and try to do this, all right? And I put out this podcast feeling like I was led by God, and I'm like, I don't know if anyone's ever going to listen to this podcast. But like, I don't know what it was. Maybe a month later, um, my sister-in-law, Ashley, she tells us, says, hey, this is crazy. She lives in Florida. She's like, some lady came in. She worked at an apartment place. Like, if you wanted an apartment, you'd come in and you'd talk to her. Like someone came in wanting to get an apartment and saw one of her tattoos that said like forgiven. I don't know what it said, but it was like a Christian tattoo. And she's like, hey, oh, do you go to church or something? And uh, I don't know how the conversation went. Long story short, she's like, the lady was like, oh, where are you from? Oh, from Tucson. Like I was listening to this podcast and she's like, you should listen to it. And she shows her the picture and it's my podcast like in Florida. And I'm just like, God is so crazy like that. So like just the, the power of social media can go across the world. Like you would be surprised. Some of you are like, no, it won't. Yeah, it will. Trust me. Okay. Um, so let me see if I got any last notes. Um, that's kind of it. I just want to end with prayer because prayer changes everything. So if you guys would just bow your heads with me, we'll pray for this thing and see what God would continue to do. I'll give you some closing remarks and we'll just get out of here. So Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for each soul and individual that's in here in these seats, Lord, standing up, whatever. Um, God, thank you for them. God, I pray that you would bless them just for giving of their time, just to hear the story of what you're doing in our lives and what you're calling us to do. God, and I pray that you would just uh, lay on their heart how they could come alongside of us. God, if it's just to pray, Lord, I pray that you would help them to commit to pray. Lord, maybe they are not good prayers, but you're just putting it on their heart to pray. God, I pray that you would just solidify that with them. God, if you're asking them to support us by spreading the word, God, give them that confirmation. Lord, if you're asking them to give financially, Lord, I pray that you would give them that confirmation as well, Lord, and that all of it would go so that people in Austin, Texas, would know Jesus Christ. God, we pray for all the hearts and souls in Austin right now. God, you know all of them by name. You know how many hairs are on all of their heads. You know what they're doing right now. And God, we ask that you would intervene into their life right now, softening their hearts. 
to you, to your gospel. We pray that you would reveal your truth to them, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that there is no other way, there is no other God.